What is a salutation? I guess it comes from the same origin as salute, and like a gesture salute. to oh, yeah. acknowledge another person. There you go. But that's love that's, a bit of, that's just love a, a guess. Love a, love a good bit of etymology. Hmm. It always comes back to Latin. Well, a lot of it. God's language. Is it? Is that what God speaks? When you when you hear God speak, do you hear it in English or do you hear it in Latin? Uh, I I don't hear it at all, but I, I think I was told, and this is for real, that God spoke in Latin. Well, that's a little bit outdated, isn't it? Like, how is it, how's he keeping up with everything? You know, omnipresent, everywhere, all times, everyone around the world. If he doesn't even speak the language. Is he just like taking well, a guess at people's English and being like, oh, did he say a curse word? I'm just getting from the body language. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll do a hell. This one's yeah. off to hell. Uh, there's a lot about religion that ought to be updated. Like, it is a good argument against, you know, religion, I guess, or monotheistic religion at least, is that uh, if there was a God, you'd think there'd be an update at some point. You'd think, I mean, <laughs> you want God iPhone, you want, you want at least, I mean, because so much has changed. You can't expect if you're like the omnipresent, omnipotent, omnipotent force in the universe that just showing up once and laying down the law and hoping that it sticks for, you know, I don't know how, how however long they thought it was going to stick for two thousand years. Yeah, I mean it's just not it's just not reasonable to expect that. No, it becomes a game of like um, whispers as well because by that point, you know, we're so far removed from anyone who heard the message. I don't think even if you are a benevolent god, I don't think that you can reasonably expect that message to stick around for millennia. No, no, and I think people do argue that that you know that the word of god is true forever i mean but society in that case has moved well beyond god's initial message you know there's so much in the bible that even in the 10 commandments that just does not apply like the, half of the 10 commandments like 4 out of 10 are just about not having other gods i mean if you're writing the 10 best things to live by Making half of them about yourself, that's a little narcissistic. But here's, here's the problem, is that we don't even know if we're fairly critiquing the Ten Commandments because it's been 2,000 fucking years. Maybe sure. someone just fucked up and, like, misspelled a word and then it got mistranslated and then it got handed down the line. Like, it might not even be that. Maybe it's like, other gods are cool. Everyone should meet my friends. Yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing. Like it's all it's all written in other languages. It's been translated and passed down verbally and then, you know, in the written word you know, time and time again. It's you know, I don't want to say Chinese whispers because that sounds outdated, but mm -hmm. like a version of that where, you know, it's just being conflated. like we need we need if if you're if you're out there update it. We need update a bit of clarity. It. Just, you know, I'm ready. Would... Like, I'm someone as well who, you know, I, on my phone, I don't have my apps auto updating because I like to go see when there's new versions out and I want to read what's changed. Like, I like to know that, you know, the you bug do. fixes, yeah. the release notes. I want to see what's been yeah. updated. <laughs> and frankly, I could do with some release notes on this whole religion thing because I, I want to get 
you know, I want to know what the developer's been doing. I want to know what problems we've encountered, what bugs we're fixing. It's it's getting a little bit long in the tooth. Imagine how much misery in the world you could save just by putting out a message. You know, you did it once before. You put Jesus out. There's going to be like a new updated Jesus. He's going to have. Uh, he's going to look like a hipster. Probably. Well, I I wonder if this is a, a you know a case of a bit of an old developer just getting a bit sick of working in this industry and just got a bit bored with the app that he was making. He's kind of left it to stagnate a bit because there wasn't just Jesus. Like back in the day, there was burning bushes. Like we we're getting point releases all the time with totally. communications. You know, changed rules. You know, we're learning things every other day. Yeah. Now it feels like he's he's just let this thing get a bit old. Yeah, it was a bit it was a bit top heavy <laughs> on the uh... <laughs> He was. He was top heavy. He had a lot he's... of excitement right at the start. <laughs> and you gotta feel to like be... this project is no longer where his focus is. But but to be fair, I mean there's also millions of years and thousands of years when humans existed before Jesus where I guess he wasn't around either. So he just shows up whenever he wants, I guess. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was just like a really passionate coder for like a couple of summers. And then he was like, you know what, this isn't my hobby. And now he's up there just like doing pottery or, yeah. you know, lumberjack. Maybe he's just well, found he's a probably, new found a new interest. I think more like if we're speaking, thinking about this scientifically, he's probably, he's probably got a lot of other planets that's True. going on with other uh, species on there. And he's literally... Like plate spinning, but it's like planet spinning on his fingers, <laughs> and he's just like I'm. I'm. I'm in charge of like 150,000 civilizations out here, and which one are you guys? I I love you, the idea of like Earth. Okay, <laughs> I love the idea of a stressed out god. It's like oh <laughs> fuck, why did I make so many of these bloody planets? Jesus, everyone wants something. You, it is a yeah. nightmare out there. I am barely keeping things together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the incompetent god <laughs> well like a, a god that just stepped in like on a temp role sort of position yeah, and things yeah. are just getting out of hand is waiting yeah. for the real guy to get back yeah i'm not even supposed to be god right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm, I'm kind of new you know um i had i was sitting on I, I was sitting on the balcony the other day it was the public holiday invasion day um thank you and um and Sorry, was the thing you were a, waiting for the applause? I just wanted a bit of acknowledgement yeah. there because you know, progressive. Yeah, and um, uh, I got a knock on the door at about eleven a.m. and it was two kind of middle-aged women, nicely dressed, and they're like, "Hi!" and they've they've got these they've got these eyes like their eyes are really wide, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" Uh-huh. And they're like, "Hi, um, how's your morning going?" And I'm like, "It's, it's going good. How, how's your morning going?" And there's, there's one of them that's kind of close to the door and the other one's kind of near the, the fence. And then they they ask me, they they, they say, um, so we're, uh, we're just going on around the, around the neighborhood and, and asking people a, a couple of questions. And we just wanted to know with all the, with all the stress and, and um, dismay in the world, do you think that the world will ever come together uh, as as one and and conflict will ever be resolved and i was like whoa <laughs> this, is like, a, this is a heavy public holiday question right out the gate yeah. yeah and i was like you know i i get a little uh i get a little 
glint in my eye when these types of situations happen because yeah. it's it's a to- it's an opportunity to play but also you know i want to i want to take it seriously so i'm like th- uh, gave it a real like thoughtful honest answer i thought and just said you know i think that um i think things sound like they're bad because you know we're we're now more aware of everything in the world um, due to social media and technology, blah blah blah. But I have like op- I'm optimistic about the you know the human spirit, blah blah blah. It doesn't matter what I said. Um, and then they go, mm, yeah, that's that's so true. We're actually from this church, blah blah blah. <laughs> and then they they um, they start talking to me about their their religion and they're kind of like this offshoot thing of christianity but they're definitely not christians but they are kind of from what they're saying they're and then they're asking me what i think of the bible and stuff and and i don't think and i i was loving it because you know i was trying not to be rude to them i don't want to make fun of the i don't want to make fun of these people you know 10 years ago it would have been like yeah i'll i'll cheer your ear off but i want to be polite um but also want to be you know push back a little bit on certain things and i and i really don't think that they were expecting it at all. Like, I just don't think that they're getting that kind of response in inner city Melbourne where I think there's a lot of door slamming in the face uh, because of people's views on religion now. But yeah. I, I just found it interesting that there are, uh, there are still people going around kind of door knocking and getting you to, like, uh, come to their church. I can't like, imagine that it works. Right? So, like, the two options to me are you open the door, you find someone who's not interested, or or, let me say, not religious, right? Who who you you cannot talk your way into believing just by standing on their doorstep on a random, you know, you're not a person I know, right? We we know from, from most science around things like all of the COVID vaccine studies and everything that the best way to convince someone of a position is for it to come from someone you know and trust. So a random stranger rocking up and being like, by the way, Jesus is probably not going to get you to join a religion, right? So anyone who doesn't already have that belief, you'd have to think is is off the, off the table. So then if you knock on the door and get someone who's already a, you know, a Christian, for instance, already going to church, that's already yeah. got already in the commitment, bank. right? Yeah. They've already chosen a belief structure or, or you know, a, a, a faith or a sect that works for them, presumably. So how are you going to suddenly steal that away when they've already consciously made that choice and commitment? I I just don't know who, who the market is. Who are they trying to find? Someone who yeah. does believe but hasn't lodged in a particular church or just moved or what? Yeah, yeah. Are, there, are there swing voters? Are there swing, there swing that... believers just swing ready believers. to try something new? Yeah, I, I don't know. And especially targeting, a, you know, a, prog- a known progressive area. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 I think it's just they think that's what they do. Like we're missionaries. I think that's part of it's inbuilt in religion that you need to spread the word yeah. and converting, which is a clever thing to build into your text, yeah. into your, into your, guidebook your bible and and it's true of all all religions basically maybe apart from buddhism and hinduism that spreading the word is the best thing you can do being a missionary for god letting people know and 
essentially what they are describing there is be a good marketer. Yeah. Weird. I it's mean, not also, weird. It's not weird. It's a it's a self pres- preservation, it's, but it's technique. it's the same technique that a virus has. Like literally, totally. it, the host needs to survive. You, you need to exactly. pass on and get to another host so that the, you know, the entity continues to live. Like it is exactly a biological function, almost a self preservation yes. function. Yeah, it, I mean, it is. It is. They have a lot of similarities to to viruses, I guess. Religion. And that's why Jesus created COVID. <laughs> It all makes sense. Yeah. Welcome to Deep Four, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon. It's actually a Sunday here, but I'm hoping that you're listening to this on Tuesday afternoon and it blew your mind. Uh, Sitting through the internet with me this week, my friend Michael. Hello. Hello. And I love your Cody t-shirt. Talk us through Cody. Oh, it says comedy. You couldn't see the me. Yeah. I thought you were just a big fan of Cody. Yeah. Who's the most famous Cody you know? I uh, Zach and Cody? Who's that? Isn't that a Disney Channel show? Sweet Life of Zach and Cody? Don't know, I'm not a pedophile. Wow. You went hard, <laughs> but I don't regret a thing. And you are Nick. Thank you for introducing me. You didn't introduce yourself last episode, so I thought... I thought that I did. Surely I did. No, you didn't. No, I didn't because you said hello to me. Anyway, right. okay. How you doing? How that works. Yeah. Good man. I had a fiery start to this Sunday. I've got a fiery say. start. <laughs> yeah. Tell me. I um. Well, I got to keep my voice down here because it involves someone who I live with. But oh. <clears throat> I um. I think you'll appreciate this. I um. I came home. Uh. Well, I came home this morning. That sounds like I was out doing nefarious things. I wasn't. Uh, but I went into the kitchen and we have like a little recycling tub. I am trying to keep my voice down. Maybe I'll just turn the gain up. Um, <laughs> it was you know, when we're talking about recycling, things are about to get heated. <laughs> and um, someone had, so it's kind of like a, just a small kind of crate where you just put in like cans or whatever, little cardboardy things. And so I noticed someone had just dumped like a huge pizza box, like right on top. Yeah. Uncrushed. And yeah. I was like, come on. Greasy? So, like uh, food food remnants? Didn't check it. Okay. Didn't check it. It was just like... Because a pizza box is, bit... is often not a recyclable good to begin with. Well, yeah, I I realize that now. Um, but I just, I thought this is a bit, to me, this is rude. Like, it's not a big deal, but it's just, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like the idea. It's just like, you're basically just saying someone else take out the trash. I, I, I think, you know, to me, cause you just, you've, you've just assumed the whole space. So I, I took a photo so of this. Just, and- just for my mental picture. How big is this pizza box? Is this like, we're talking like a huge fucking thing. It's completely covering your, your little container. Is it like a standard side pizza? Uh, look, I, I, I've got a photo. Is it worth sending? I think you this that photo? I need to see. Yeah, I want to see this photo, and also I like that you've got a photo. <laughs> like you took okay, a photo but, of this moment. But okay, this is to my uh, little story here that I took a photo to send into the housemate chat, and that's how it was left. Did you get that? Okay. Yep. So we so for for the listener at home. Um, if you're listening on a podcast player, you might be able to check your chapter title at the moment, see this image for yourself, make a decision. <laughs> what we're looking at here 
for the audio listeners or Spotify listeners out there is a milk crate, one of those plastic cubes you often see stacked out at the back of a supermarket, filled with recyclables, a couple of boxes next to it with bottles of wine and glass, that sort of thing, and then smack dab in the middle of it, big old pizza box. And this is an internal picture. Now that to me, I mean, it's not, as I said, it's not a big deal, but it's like, so I, I took a photo of that and just posted it in the housemate chat and just said politely hey guys um can we just if we have bigger ticket uh recycling items can we just put them straight in the bin rather than just leaving them on top it's a bit silly and i was met with fire and fury by the culprit Mm -hmm. basically had a complete meltdown and calling me inconsiderate because she has a job and she has to rush to work sometimes and that's what happened this morning. So, you know, uh, I need to consider that and have more understanding. And it was just the, the most defensive most defensive reaction mm. to quite a, what I thought was just like, hey, can we just... I didn't even know who it was. And then it was also like you know it was me, so don't be passive-aggressive. And I was like, well, I, I mean, to be honest, I did guess yeah. um, who it was. Uh-huh. But for all I know, I don't fucking... You weren't there's there. three you other people home. living yeah. in their house. Like, I mean, I was right, but um, but I wasn't being passive-aggressive. It's more of a, you know, you know, can we all do... Can we all just... It's more about consideration and courtesy. So, as well, what's what's the distance here we're talking in terms of where your bin is is it like out the back out the front oh it's like you just have to oh it's it's maybe 10 meters away okay yeah i mean so i just don't buy it anyway i i just uh i feel like i i'm a very um uh, you know i'm not i'm not i'm pretty measured most of the time i don't let things get me angry a lot um and i don't i barely post on this housemate chat like when you know we want to have open communication as a as a share house and i think part of that is mentioning when you're you know slightly annoyed by stuff or even i'm not even necessarily annoyed i'm just like hey you know be to me it's rude i mean i don't know so for my understanding it's a bit hard to see in the picture is it an empty bin or semi-empty bin underneath like were it not for the pizza box that bin does not need to go out just yet because you could stack plenty of other stuff in Oh, there's like a bits and pieces in there, but I don't know. To me, it's like just putting, what is it like? I don't know. It's just like, it's just like uh, putting, tying up the bin, tying up the bin bag and just leaving it sitting in the bin rather than putting it out. It's just like, do it, just do it yourself. Sure. I don't know. It's not a big deal, but it was just, I just thought it was interesting that it was met with a lot of defensiveness and now have to deal with that. Well, I mean, I am also someone who gets frustrated when there's a full bin and things continue to be put on top of it or next to it instead of just taking the thing out. Yeah. I I get that. I have to say that if I saw that pizza box on the crate, I don't know that I would have flinched at it in the same way. I probably would have been like, oh, you could have at least folded it and put it in there properly rather than like blocking the entrance. But I don't know if that's that would have hit my threshold for uh, a group message. It might be, um, and I'm just going to completely speak out of school here, uh, it might just be because I don't like this person at all. Um, 
and I was looking for some ammunition. Okay, sure. Yeah. Well, I hope you got what you wanted then, because it sounds like you've had a fun morning as a result. You know what? Uh, so you know, sometimes, sometimes you, sometimes you kind of want the chaos. You know, sometimes you kind of want a reaction, and sure. there's a little bit of your primal brain that when you know, I don't know if you ever feel this. I think you're a little bit more, um, maybe a little bit more uptight. Cons- <laughs> no, I was I was going to be actually give you a compliment. Okay, I don't know. I think you're a little bit more thoughtful than this, maybe. But there is a part of me, and I can feel my reptilian brain switching on sometimes when you kind of love to to get someone angry, or you love to you know, get a reaction out of someone and it's a little bit of a turn on, like not sexually, but no. like your, your brain's just like, Oh exactly. yeah, you fucking hurt me. Like you love to be. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that I have that, that particular streak, but I do know what you're talking about. Cause I've seen it happen. But, um, <laughs> I, the, the closest I would get is, and actually KC is probably closer to you in that regard. Um, so for example yesterday we were at a wedding um which was lovely are you fucking serious yeah why what another fucking wedding oh yeah it's the third in like six weeks i'm I'm, yeah it's crazy so um now there's one month break and then i get my fourth in two months and then we're fucking done kc is well and truly done with my friends getting married i bet he is yeah (laughs) um he's like we need to normalize Friends only inviting friends and not inviting their partners because I don't know oh. these people. You know what's oh. the point? And I'm like, okay, I can tell that you're getting a little bit tired of this. <laughs> Wait, is it was that in reference to the wedding? Yeah, he was like, why am I here? I was like, well, it's because you're here because I'm here. That's so funny. Yeah, um, he's like he's like an Asian Larry David. Sounds like. <laughs> yeah, he does have a bit of that. Um, but. Uh, yeah, he, to be fair, he did have a nice time and it was a nice day. But yeah, getting in that car where he's like, oh, third, third wedding in six weeks, it was a bit of a an uphill battle. Um, mm. But so then we were there at the ceremony, which was at the top of this hill overlooking. It was beautiful, overlooking um, Sumner Beach, like beautiful vista. And they'd set up a little arch and it was an outside ceremony. And it was it was really nice, but it was also rather steep. And there were a bunch of kids around. And mm. while we were waiting for the bride to arrive and there's that little bit of that sort of mingling time where they're like, please take phones off and don't worry about photos. we got to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, Casey was just watching all the kids running up Uh-oh. and down this hill and being just like, you could tell actively wanting one of them to stack it and <laughs> down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's that sort of lizard brain chaos engine kind of streak that you're talking about where it's like i just want something to happen i just want for my own amusement now something bad to happen um and sadly none of the kids tumbled but um it was perilous for a second yeah well look i i i said this the other day to lauren who (laughs) was a little bit horrified we were for again invasion day thank you um (laughs) They had um, some jets flying over, like an air. Oh, like, a, like an air show like thing. Some, like an air show thing, like eight Fly jets. By. Wow. And I'm just like becoming a child. Where were you? Where, where is this? Well, because I live so close to the city, um, I they just were f- 
we were just on the balcony and it just happened on the balcony. You could uh, just see everything. It was incredible. Yeah. Like the sound, the everything. It was like, it's quite exhilarating. Um, and we were watching these planes fly over for like 20 minutes. And I said to Lauren, there's, there's some part of me that just kind of, I don't want anyone to get hurt. And I mean that. But there's some part of me, they were pl- flying so close to each other that some part of me wants like an accident to happen <laughs> Jesus. and and just like it would be incredible like the just to see like oh my god that plane is just yeah you know and it, the, I, I, the I don't guy ejector seats out of it and the plane lands in the ocean and no one dies no one hurt no damage but yeah. a little bit of a fiery explosion kind of exciting yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, we we ever into those uh, airplane disaster shows? I wouldn't say into it, but it was one of those ones where if you're watching TV at a certain time of night, it was the only thing that was on. Air, air crash investigation. Oh. You got to watch them. I mean, I'm, there was an, a, a a Nepalese plane that crashed a few weeks ago. I don't know if you saw that. And there was an Australian on it, right? There was an Australian on it, and there was footage from, uh, you know, some. Uh, some a Nepalese person who you know got his camera out, and you could you could kind of see the crash, and then oh, I can went I just re- just while we're talking about it? Sorry, just as a quick tangent. One thing I have only very recently discovered since we're being woke on this podcast is that apparently the preferred descriptor of the population of Nepal is Nepali, N E P A L I, not Nepalese. Um, and I oh. discovered that when I was proofreading um, Sherlock recently. Because I saw it and I was like, okay. that's not right. It's Nepalese. And then I looked it up and it was like, oh, no, it isn't actually. It's Nepali. Anyway, sorry. There you go. Brief aside. We'll, we'll make our zero Nepali uh, listeners very happy with that. They will. They will um, appreciate it. Sorry, um, there was footage and, that someone had taken. Yeah, about the, this plane crash. And then I immediately, it wasn't enough. And I immediately went on Reddit um, and searched this plane crash. And I found footage of someone there was some other passenger who was live streaming on his live phone when the plane the went plane. down yeah oh my god and i watched it obviously and it's the plane the, the the phone keeps going when like for a, for about 30 seconds after the plane has crashed wow so you're hearing like these Jeez, engine noises, and on the on the footage you're seeing flames and shit. It is there's uh, there's something about so this guy was live des- streaming because he knew that something bad was happening. No, no, no. He was he was that's that's the, that's a spooky thing. He was just having a good time, and he was like just live streaming on his on his phone. So what? This was a Wi-Fi enabled airline. Well, I don't know. They were, it wasn't high off the ground. I think it was. I think it had just taken off. Oh, was off. it like I? I actually don't know too much. It wasn't like a jumbo. It was like a, like a twelve seater plane or something. No, I think I think it was a seven three seven. And the guy was live streaming while they took off. Yeah, I don't know. Well, how you that's can possible. do it. I don't know either. But um, there's footage out there. I'll send yeah. it to you. And no, I don't um, need to. thank you. <laughs> But these air- airline disasters, like this is MH370, I still think about once a week. It's because it, it just preys on this um, this innate fear that you have. No matter how much you travel on airplanes, you have this thought. You have the thought that this is unnatural. Natural. 
Like this is not your brain registers this as unnatural and you can you can find coping mechanisms for that or whatever but I think on some level there is a certain amount of fear that we have as humans when we are you know thousands of feet in the sky which is natural but I, I don't know when 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 I see these airline disaster shows or I see clips or I hear about planes that go missing I don't know all my neurons fire I don't think that I have that fear when I get on a plane I really genuinely Neither do I don't think about I don't know I'm just I just trust it you can rationalize it yeah I, I guess I, that's I just like I've flown on so many flights that it but, doesn't but, worry me anymore. Sure, but you've never have like you must have at least had a thought that you know you must have had that like morbid oh, do, curiosity you, thought. Of course, yeah, but mm. I like I don't get preoccupy on that. Um, mm. But no, I, I would. But even so, I would say like sincerely, like there would definitely be flights where I never even think about like, well, what if this crashed or what happened if this goes wrong. Like, I just, yeah. I, it's like hopping on a bus. I don't think about what if we got T-boned by like a truck? Like, I just don't think about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying I'm preoccupied by it either, but I think on this subconscious level, yeah, there's a bit of that. Yeah, of course. Do you find it funny that pilots are kind of like really revered in society? Well, they're not really paid that well anymore, but <clears throat> they are really revered. But essentially, they are like bus drivers of the sky. They are they are essentially doing the same job as bus drivers, but they are more like, oh, you're a pilot. I mean, a pilot is doing, in essence, the same job as a bus driver, which is just tra- taking you from point A to point B. It's true. It is interesting. I suppose it's because it's seen as so much more difficult and, and is it much is. more difficult that it comes with a prestige in the same way. And this is, you know, perhaps not a one-to-one comparison, but like, I feel like they're in the same family of, of professions as surgeons and doctors, right? They're seen in that caliber, even though they're not, they're like a uniform there. There's a uniform and there's like a white color, white collar class to it all. Totally. Even if, as you say, they are just, transportation people (laughs) (laughs) but the the romance out of air in air travel has completely gone out as it's become more affordable as it should be but i do find myself missing not that i was there in the 70s when you know you dressed (laughs) up but i do i i i would never and have never like worn track pants on an airplane i would always you know you've never worn track pants on an airplane no, I wouldn't do it. Wow. Because I respect I respect the I respect, <laughs> I respect the mode. <laughs> I, respect I respect the form. <laughs> I know I, I feel I feel I I love planes and I love the airport. And I like what are you doing? You look like Christopher Reeve when you do that. That's one of my migraine exercises. I'm feeling a migraine. You got a migraine. So I'm just oh, I'm boy. trying to uh, it's one oh. you can do preventatively, but I do feel on the edge of it, so I'm just doing this silently. Oh. Um, to which oh, so you, you can feel the onset of a migraine? Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Mate, can you hold off before uh, until after the show? You don't want to ruin this, you know. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll do my best. Episode. We'll see how we go. It was really nice of you the other day when um, Dan uh, Dan Pikevsky asked about. It wasn't actually for him in the end. It was for a friend. But um, I'll just I'll just give you a shout out here, Nick. 
Oh, thank for you. a yeah. nice guy shout out. Nice Dan guy shout out. Asks, Nick. Hey, what is Nick? Nick has migraines. Does he got any tips? And Nick, being the Samaritan that he is, recorded a video and sent it to me just explaining what you can do. And he was so sincere. It was lovely. Very nice. Oh, nice thank guy. you. Thank you. Nice guy award. Nice guy award. 10 points to Gryffindor. Um, We've been talking, we've been just been yapping on over here, haven't we, Nick? We have been yapping. I don't have a huge um, list of of items on the agenda today, really. Um, I've got a few right. possible... Now, do you have any myths? Because i got so many myths that I just need to shit out. I could, I could find a myth, maybe, as we talk about it. But you want to jump straight into some myths? No, actually, we'll save that. I want to talk about Brad Pitt. Okay. i got some things to say. Now, Brad Pitt. you got to love do, Brad we Pitt. We don't have a Brad Pitt news jingle, but do you feel like George would news. mind if if no. you borrowed the George Clooney news jingle? I wouldn't do that. I okay. wouldn't do that. There's not enough <laughs> syllables anyway. Um, but I saw um, so I saw Babylon the other day. I don't okay. know if you know about Damien Chazelle. Yeah, whatever. haven't seen it. Know it. Directed La La Land, Whiplash. Mm-hmm something else a big fan of his directing this was a class a stink fest uh wow okay i took i took i heard lauren to go yeah but but you're you went in open-minded and came out wishing your mind had been closed i actually went in pretty optimistic i've i'm a big fan of la la land i'm a big fan of whiplash um and I'm, i'm a big fan of brad pitt um, I took Lauren. I'm trying to get Lauren to see. Well, she's she's not necessarily been a movie person, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of like, I don't know. I guess taking her to see movies that she wouldn't necessarily go see. Yeah, and didn't realize that this movie was almost three and a half hours. Jeez, that's a long movie. Which is too long for anyone. That is like Avatar two length. Is Avatar 2 three and a half hours? It's like 3.15 or something. Wow. That, that, that is... I don't care what it is. It's but, I mean, to be, to be fair, like, I watched that movie and I was also dreading three and a bit hours. That movie moves quickly. It doesn't feel that long. And if you're going to do it, it feels like it needs to be an epic at that kind of scale, right? Totally. Like, go see... Like, because Gladiator's really long. Is that right from my memory? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, but writ- no. anyway, like that kind of scope, of like a big film, yeah, I feel like yeah. you can earn three hours with it. If it's yeah. like an intimate Hollywood picture drama thing, I don't, I, I like, it just doesn't feel like it earns it, right? No, I, I totally, I, I think that like Damien, Damien Chazelle is trying to place himself as one of these Quentin Tarantino, Paul Thomas Anderson guys, like in that kind of stratosphere where they're just making great art and some of them, uh, you know, two and a half, three hours long, but they're revered critically and audiences love them as well. And I feel like he's a younger guy and he, I think it really felt like this was his statement. It was also a movie about Hollywood, which already you're like, this is Oscar Oscar bait. And when you feel that, it's annoying because it's a movie about it's yeah, about Hollywood itself, and it's like it's so self indulgent. And yeah. look, it's a it's a great movie, and I'm not I'm not I didn't bring this up to talk about that movie this movie necessarily, 
it is a visually spectacular movie, but it's just one of those ones where, you know, you're getting to two and a half hours and you're checking the clock. Normally I wouldn't check my phone during a, a movie at the, at the cinema. Uh, but then you're like, is this going to end soon? <laughs> and it feels like, okay, this scene could be the end. Yeah. And then it's, not and then it's like, like 40 minutes. the next, and then it goes to a next scene and you're like, you can, you can feel that this is not just like another scene. It's like a whole other part that yeah. they're introducing. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Poor Lauren is just like, Ugh, you didn't tell me about this. Anyway, so I wanted the, to talk about Brad. You, sorry, you, just for clarity, you said Babylon is a big stinker. And then halfway through that, you said, it's a great movie. Don't get me wrong. So where did you land no, on no. it? Sorry. Did I say Brad Babylon's a great movie? Yes. Okay. I did not mean that. I meant that it is visually spectacular and it is well choreographed. Okay. And Margot Robbie gives a hell of a performance. I got to say, she's a real, Margot she's a really great. great actress. Yeah. Actor. But Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. Bradley Pitt. Now, I could not help but th- I. Okay, first of all, disclaimer: I love Brad Pitt. I my Instagram is full of Brad Pitt videos because whenever I see one pop up, I can't look away. He uh-huh. is the most gorgeous man I've I've ever seen. He's so charismatic. Brad Pitt 11. is is the kind of man that straight men love. This is exactly right. It's like the he's he's just he's got all of the features in the face that you that straight men want to have i guess he's mm-hmm. just i i just i just find him captivating to look at i could watch him eat a, a curry for three hours I, and i would <laughs> i would i would rather have watched a curry <laughs> than this movie. but but can brad pitt really act this is the question i'm posing okay can brad pitt really act or is he all charm charisma and good looks because in this film he is awful (laughs) awkward he's so bad and you just feel like brad pitt is doing a really good impression of an actor and he's like he and i think that maybe he's reached this level of success where Maybe he's in that kind of Jack Nicholson category where he's not really acting anymore. He's just doing himself and people are buying tickets and it's money in the bank. But at least Jack Nicholson doesn't give a fuck. I think Brad Pitt does give a fuck, but he just is bad. And he just feels... He does this weird accent. He does it in a lot of his films. Like in Inglorious Bastards, he really kind of, you know, played on that, you know, Bongiorno, like that, and yeah. that's funny. It's used in the right context, I guess. But I just, I'm thinking back on all these movies that I love of Brad Pitt's, you know, Moneyball, uh, you know, Twelve Monkeys, other things, <laughs> and I well, uh, just surely it burn after reading, right? Yeah, but that's that's again. I just even burn after reading. I think he is. He's being goofy, and it's fun to see Brad Pitt being goofy like it's fun to see George Clooney being goofy. But is it good? I don't think it's good. I would think that that, that film 
he's good in that film. But yeah, I, no, I know yeah. what you're saying, um, and I'm going to come back to that, but I'm just going to quickly take my medication because I do think the migraine is appearing. Okay. So I'll be back in sure. one second. Okay. Now, is that going to kick in when like, when you need it to? Uh, we will see. I, I, I am feeling the migraine come on, and I have the visual disturbance at the moment, oh, which is no. called an aura. So that's a little bit trippy and unpleasant. But at the same time, the, the headache isn't here yet so i'm just gonna push on and we'll see how we go and sincerely okay. it might actually fuck with my sentences like the words tend to come out a bit wrong when the brain is getting stressed with a migraine so we'll see okay. whether it's noticeable could be good content could um, be great content and really that's what i do it for um but well, yes sing out if you don't want to continue because i'm whatever no okay. thank you we'll, we'll see how we go um and uh, I will let you know if it becomes a bit difficult. Um, I might actually oh, yeah. open the window and get some airflow in, but it will affect the audio. So we'll just live with that, I think. Oh, like a bit of acousmatic sound. Oh. I feel like a real jerk. Just Is that a LaCroix? It is a LaCroix. LaCroix. Is that alcohol in that? No, it's just sparkling water. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like a real jerk. Just like... Are there? Uh, when you put vodka in there, it's because <laughs> that's true. Um, um, sorry, you feel like a jerk. I feel like a jerk just rambling on about how Brad Pitt stinks while you're suffering with a migraine. <laughs> My brain's there. exploding, and you're like, yeah. he just doesn't convince me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, I do, so, I do, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Brad Pitt is in the echelon of sort of came up in the 90s era movie stars when you could get away with looks but not necessarily being a great character actor. And, yeah. you know, you have your Leonardo DiCaprio's, you have your Brad Pitt's, you have your George Clooney's, and all of them, I can never forget that they are themselves. Yes, who they are. They are who they are. Whereas it there's is... a, a secondary tier of, of actors from that era who you always buy because they sink into a character and they become someone a bit more. Absolutely. And I think today's stars as well, on average, are, are, they become successful because they are talented actors and then they get more and more roles, probably secondarily because they're hot or, you know, charismatic. But I feel like the next generation of people coming up are real talents like um, Barry Cogan, Keegan, you know, oh, um, man. Adam Driver, you know, like all these young guys coming up. They're not like the conventionally handsome ones. They're the really fucking talented ones. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm so glad you mentioned Barry Keegan because he steals, steals the show in Banshees. Yeah, which um, I saw. I saw last weekend. Yeah, I mean... Uh, well, Colin Farrell, though, Colin is Farrell. one of these guys that sits underneath the yeah. Brad Pitt stratosphere yeah. and is just constantly putting out good work and, and doing interesting roles and, yeah. you know, doing crazy things with his eyebrows. Um, it's like, <laughs> it's so great to watch. But I don't know. I, I'm kind of aware that it's Colin Farrell um, and he's very good looking and everything. But he doesn't have that same, like, he, he oh, does that's become a character. Brad Pitt. And it's a weird psychological phenomena that we have 
that we are, we're going to see films to escape and to we want to buy into the story and we want to believe the characters but at the same time the characters are played by people we very much know and we know that they are pretending it's like the opposite of what you'd imagine that work should work yeah you know brad pitt is always brad pitt no matter what he's doing but our brains you know maybe that's the part that my brain's not fully accepting is that when it's such a big star that I can't, I can't actually believe that the world it's him. That it's, yeah, built up. But if it's be. Daniel Day Lewis, Daniel Day Lewis is doing something different. Daniel Day Lewis is, you know, maybe he's doing less films for one, but he's also he's doing no engrossing. Films now. Yeah, don't remind me. Sorry. Um, but I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, Brad Pitt is a, is clearly a star, whatever that means. It's yeah. like he's got that. Ma- I wonder if you grow into stardom though. You know, I wonder if you, if you, because people always talk about like, um, you know, having the X factor or whatever, it's for lack of a better word, but like there is something like Pete Davidson is someone who I would, would argue is not funny, but has a star quality uh-huh. and is, I don't see what his talent is, but I see his appeal. Uh-huh. It's interesting. Cause I was trying to think of other examples here. I think, um, Oh god, the name just evaporated. Ryan Gosling is probably mm-hmm. someone in the '90s era where came mm-hmm. up on looks and does compelling performances, but possibly doesn't have a huge range. He's kind of got yep. a couple of modes, and he does them well. But yeah. then you look at someone like Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise is an interesting one because I never forget that it's Tom Cruise, right? Whenever you're watching yes. it, but at the same time, I buy that he's the character. Because he's doing so much of it himself. Like, it's weird. Like, he's, he's always Tom Cruise, but he's still performing because he's a stuntman now, effectively. So that but with feels those Mission separate. Impossible movies, it, you're, you're aware of... Part, part of their success, I think, is, uh, you know, their, their PR people are... Uh, they want everyone to know that Tom Cruise is doing his own stunts. Yeah. They want, like, that's part of their appeal. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're almost outside of, of f- movies. They're, they're, they become meta in a way where they are movies, but you also know that Tom Cruise did all the stunts himself. You also know that they went to Dubai to film this and they did, and they, you know, how much money they spent. You know, they want you to know all this stuff, which is kind of counterintuitive to the to the movie process where intuitively you want the, you want everything to be behind a kind of a curtain. Yeah. The, um, it is definitely marketable, but I don't think that makes it any less, uh, believable, believable or less impressive. Cause like legitimately no. the things that they do are fucking insane. And by mm. all accounts, Tom Cruise is an incredibly talented person in terms of learning very difficult practical things like flying fucking helicopters and riding motorcycles and like did you watch they've already put out like a 10 minute doco about the upcoming mission impossible motorbike into base jump stunt Uh, did you see that at all no i didn't see so there's like there's some uh, it's like 10 minutes or something of them talking through the logistics of what they did so the stunt i don't know if you've watched the trailer of deck reckoning part one but it's at the end of the the trailer he basically drives on a motorcycle, off a cliff, drops the bike, 
plummets to the earth, earth and then like base jump pulls a parachute and and flies away and they did it practically he jumped off a cliff on a bike and <laughs> floated down and they built this incredible long run runway this huge engineering feat of a ramp stuck off the edge of this i don't know swedish canyon or something like that and they showed all this footage of Tom Cruise spending months and months and months learning motorcycle stunts. And all the people are like, he is a professional level, like <laughs> motorcyclist now. Like he could do yeah. this shit in his sleep. And that's the kind of thing where, yes, you probably are using it for marketing, but also it's just fucking insane. Like it's crazy. It's, yeah, it's fun. And you you sent me that video of him promoting the movie while jumping, <laughs> jumping out, out of, of a plane. Hilarious yeah. and incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I love it. And shout out to Tom Cruise's publicity team, by the way, who <laughs> he's gone through. He was he's almost cancelled in the early noughties and he has just come back, you know, in full public favour. Yeah. You know, everyone loves Cruise now. He's I mean, 60. they've, they've, they've like, tried to kill the Scientology shit, I think, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he's he's come back around in a pretty big way. Like everyone loves him now. Yeah. No. And and it, he's including Hollywood because they're making fucking billions of dollars off him. Top Gun Maverick was gigantic. Yeah. And he's funneling all of it into Scientology. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I love that we're just talking. I love that we're talking about this. I feel I feel right in my wheelhouse now. Good. Like we're not yeah. talking about. You know, cultural issues or <laughs> things that I shouldn't talk about. Like, let's talk, talk about, about movies, movies and actors. Yeah. Can't get into any trouble. Feel very comfortable. First time yeah. in a while. Well, I'm glad. Um, I did see uh, Banshees, as as I said, last weekend, and I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was oh, very man. good. Um, Beautiful film. It, it has that sort of trademark um, McDonough darkness in it but the it's a really fucking funny film like it is laugh it's genuinely laugh out loud it's and i've never loved a fucking donkey more in a movie other oh. than maybe shrek i suppose okay <laughs> i i love <clears throat> i i just love the idea of such a simple premise yeah uh being you know um someone who just doesn't want to be friends with you anymore for yeah. i don't know why um and it being able to elicit such an emotional response. I think that's a, a beautiful thing and it's so funny and it's, yeah. But I think the most impressive thing about it beyond the premise is that the, the depth of it is character. It's not plot because I'm going to yep. give out the spoiler now. If you haven't seen Banshees of Sharon, you should. It's very good. Uh, mild spoiler coming ahead. But the reason that the guy doesn't want to be friends anymore is he thinks the character's dull and he's wasting time and he wants to do more important things with his life. And that's the answer and you get it maybe 25 <laughs> minutes in. Yeah. And in terms of plot, it is just them from that point onward going back and forth being like, Hashimoto. but why? Yeah. But why? What? Why not? Yeah. How about I, I, I can win you back over if I do this? Nope. Mm. I can win you back over if I do this? Nope. Like that's yeah. all it is. And that's what's yeah. most impressive is is not fearing... The simplicity of it. Simplicity, yeah. And it just being about two people, one of whom is kind of dumb, yeah. and he just keeps pushing it when he should really just fucking leave it alone. Yeah, I, 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 I love, I love those those kinds of movies where the I, I really str I think this is why I, I kind of struggle with 
watching TV shows because I feel like TV shows are almost by their very nature uh, narrative based, and I, I I genuinely feel like I I struggle to follow narrative sometimes. It's it's part of the reason probably why I don't like Marvel films or you know Star Wars or anything like that I, because I think that's mostly plot driven. Yeah, and I just I, I just I don't know whatever it is about my brain. But I just I cannot seem to follow it. I can I can't remember anyone's. I have never ever remembered a character's name in a, in a TV show or movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who anyone is. I just I just know what the vibe is, and I can follow yeah. dialogue and I can follow energy. Um, what's the main, but but I, what's the main char- character of There Will Be Blood? Well, that's well. I've seen that movie a hundred times. So. Well, okay. I'm just saying there would yeah. be some that you have registered. Well, I mean, even one of my other film, my other favorite films, Lost in Translation. I actually don't know the names of the two lead characters. I, <laughs> I don't. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm glad. I'm really glad you enjoyed that one as well. Cause, mm. Yeah, that made me happy. Yeah, I. There was one else on that list of Oscar nom films that I particularly wanted to see, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. I haven't really seen many this year. Tar, I do want to see Tar. I saw that the other day. Yeah, like it? Do you want me to give you my... Well, you can say you don't like it, but I'm still interested in seeing it. I was so excited to see it, and I was a little bit disappointed, to be honest. Do you think that was hype? Um, uh, Meeting expectations, or you just... Even with expectations, you, you wouldn't have liked the film. I think everything was there for me to love it, and that's always an issue because I am going to obsess over seeing this film. Like, the music, you know, there was, like, some political discussion, some cultural discussion in the shorts that I saw. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. And it was. It was a, it was a good movie, and I would, I would I'd go see it for sure, but I was, I was just a little bit... Didn't underwhelmed. Yeah. No. But Kate Blanchett is What a legend. Like she she has had such a good career and Mm. never really like what was her big mainstream hit? Like she is she's an Australian legend, but also like properly respected across you know the world. But what was her big hit? Like where did she really Uh... land? I can't remember. I I just remember her in um she was in a few Wes Anderson movies, was she? Yeah, but that wouldn't have been the start, surely. I don't know. But yeah, she's great. You really go though get the sense with Kate I call her Kate. <laughs> that she is like a real theatre uh actor. For sure. You know. You can tell that in her acting and that, that kind that's slightly off putting to me, but uh, her career I just like actors that make interesting choices. Yeah. You know, and she's definitely done that with her And she has distinctive characters as well. She becomes different people. Uh, Lord of the Rings? That was probably her biggest... Her biggest appearances. Hmm. Um, Anyway. Outro and then something? Yeah, Yeah, I got a weird news. Just a quick weird news. And then we can do some myths. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Hit me. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to this podcast. I have a migraine, so I'm not going to bother doing too much of an outro, but I appreciate you being here. You know, send us an email if you want. It's all in the show notes, and I hope that your hair looks good today. Four out of ten. Fuck 
How would you feel about some weird news? Let's go. Let's go. In the news today from the Strange and Weird Fact File. Well, for decades, only crackpots and crazy people believed in UFOs. Deputies still say the suspect told them he's been performing sex acts on animals since the 1970s. I told about my close encounter with the Yeti. A sticky situation at an airport in Tennessee after baggage spray from Turns out, the government has been taking this is Deep Thought Weird News with Michael Zubarev plus Sludge. I wonder if it's the you know same what? weird news I, I had. I, I, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to lob this one up for you because I can't actually read at the moment. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to paste it in the chat and you can just live read it for me and we can can't just react read? in real time. Nah. Fuck, dude. This is good content, though. Suffering for your art as always, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. Suffering for your fart. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's a New Zealand-based. New Zealand-based weird news. True story. Um, just popped up last week. Um, Michael, get, take All it right. away. Waiheke's sausage mystery. It's ripping us apart. We can't trust one another. For the past year, Waiheke, am I pronouncing that correct? Waiheke. Waiheke Island residents have been finding single sausages wrapped in bread left in their letterboxes. As accusations fly and motives are questioned, victims of the Surfdale Sausage say the mystery is tearing the community apart. Yeah, sausage mysteries. The first sausage derived in the summer of 2022. Love this already. <laughs> Wrapped in white buttered bread and coated in tomato sauce. It was cold by the time Jacob Coetzee found it in the letterbox, though it looked to have once been barbecued. Shrugging it off as a likely leftover from a junk, drunken passerby, the teenager biffed it away and gave it no further thought until it happened again <laughs> and again. Same, same sort of sausage, same sauce, same location. And then things got even weirder. <laughs> Quote, I sent a picture to my friend group and some of them had been sausaged as well. That's when we realised we had a cereal sausager on the island. It's sound That's... much more like a beetle than a New Zealander, but like, go on. You don't know what he sounds like. That's where Hecky. <laughs> that's where Hecky that coat's referring to. That just a thirty-minute boat ride from downtown Auckland, the island's known for providing an elite retreat for the wealthy a haven for alternative types, as well as the wine from its 30-odd vineyards. It's an unusual place for an unusual mystery. As reports of letterbox sausages continued to pour in, Coetzee, who lives in the suburb of Surfdale, began investigating. Many of his mates had also received the small goods, and while some members of a local Facebook group wondered whether sausaging was a euphemism for something unsavory, others said it happened to them. There's wow. actually then a call <laughs> call for action. Do you know more about the Surfdale Sausager? Email us at stuff.co.nz. Uh, the Ooh. article is actually a lot longer, but we don't have to go through it. You get the idea. The motor operator. The article is so long, actually. I'm just <laughs> reading this. Yeah. Wow. You never I love know the, when uh, the strike will happen, but when it does, everyone gets struck. Nobody's letterboxes are safe. I love that. I, I like to think that this uh, journalist has been given this case and it's just like, okay, well, you know what? 
You want you want me to report on a fucking sausage mystery? I'm gonna do it. Someone has legitimately treated deep this investigation style like a serial level podcast mystery. As a fuck you, I imagine, which I think is incredible. <laughs> they, there's there's parts of this article where they've gone to basically a Woolworths and they've asked them whether they've sold these sausages. They've tried to track down the source of the sausages and the news, um, the supermarket people are like, I, I can't confirm or deny if that's one of our sausages, sorry. But like, imagine getting money for the investigative journalism to be like, I need to go see <laughs> what the origin of this sausage is. Yeah. So lots happening in New Zealand at the moment. Yeah, pretty, pretty big news story over here. <laughs> this is some front page stuff. This is front page news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How's Jacinda going? How's the vibe? Uh, Jacinda resigned, you heard that presumably. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. Um, the vibe is, well, we'll see what this new guy's like. Do but... people like Jacinda? Because I've been hearing that there's actually quite a lot of, you know, you get... For not living in New Zealand, you you get like a certain um, perception of Jacinda, which is like she's kind of beloved around the world. Yeah, you know, by by at least lefties and progressive, and she's she's just like a wholly good leader. You know, yeah, kind of <clears throat> sticks up for the right things, has priorities in the right place. But apparently, you know, that's not necessarily unanimous in New Zealand. For sure, there is a very vocal very hate-filled minority that absolutely fucking despise her and it is it is sort of this imported conspiracy level like far-right online hatred kind of thing which is has never really existed in new zealand until this recent era and some of it's tied in with the covid stuff because she's seen as this dictator that forced everyone to stay at home and lockdowns and and you know Mm. close the borders and this that and the other but some of it is legitimately because like tucker carlson goes on rants about her and uses new zealand as this example of a dictatorship and that then percolates back to new zealand and among a subset of outraged shitheads they are just like incredibly misogynistic and and like gross and horrible about her um there was but do you think it's just misogyny or do you think it's do you think the the far right ideals and and uh views are trickling into the mainstream and, and maybe not even the mainstream but more mainstream conservatives that they are they are kind of maybe adopting some of those previously held um you know far right views yeah no it is it is it is both it is a which i guess is happening all around the world it's happening everywhere like there is a a, a creeping rise of some of that that stuff um but like there is actual conspiracy bullshit i'll see if i can find so there was a very good vice uh, article called Virulent Hatred The Global Far Right Celebrates Jacinda Ardern's Resignation The New Zealand Prime Minister was a prominent hate figure for international far right and conspiracy theorist networks whose vilification of her may have played a role in her resignation experts tell Vice um, Ardern has not explicitly sort of pointed to the reaction she's got from these groups in her resignation but i don't think anyone would deny that it must have had some kind of impact 
Um, there was huge protests outside government house for several months um, last year, I think it was. It ended in fires and the police moving these protesters on because they were squatting and and making all these allegations about um, Ardern and, and the government overreach. Um, but it's um, it's been personal on the family as well, like her husband and, and kid have been subjected to shit as well. Um, it's also, remember, it's connected to the idea of the, the mosque attacks and, and, and her mm. alignment with Islam and standing there and, and healing with, with Christchurch and being such a supporter of that has obviously pushed some of the, the right against her. Um, mm. But she's just sort of become this lightning rod, right? Getting all this unhinged shit. Is that not part and parcel of the being a politician? You, sure. You expect to be high, hated by a but significant I, I think community. that you could empirically assess the reaction to female leaders versus male leaders and and see a distinct difference. Um, well, I mean, Dan Andrews is is you know in the in a similar boat here. Surely, yeah, I mean, he's not I, the prime minister, I guess. Yeah, I, I, not I, I'm not saying that no one has has suffered you know <laughs> criticism or attacks from opponents across the spectrum but it does seem to be a, a particular kind of um reaction that that women get um so one of the the reporters here was that was interviewed about the new zealand response to ardern is talking about how they as a reporter got dozens of emails about that woman being a race traitor undermining new zealand's christian heritage for wearing the hijab after the um the christchurch attacks um, Tucker Carlson, as I said, was doing clips that were, um, you know, Tucker Carlson called her the most appalling abuser of human rights of her own people because of the, the lockdown and border policies and that kind of stuff. Um, he said that the lady with the big teeth who tormented her citizens um, and called her the most authoritarian leader that the country's ever had. What are the chances she was a puppet of the Chinese government? We don't have enough evidence to prove that, but we would rate that as about 100% likely. <laughs> so there's all of this just like crazy bullshit mm. that has been shared and imported, like actively imported from overseas right-wing stuff. Um, right. And she'd just become a, a figure for hate. So uh, there is definitely antipathy towards her. And I would argue that most of it is probably unwarranted. She is by no means perfect. No human is, nor no politician. But yeah, she's I about think as perfect as you can get as a politician. As far as though. you can go, <laughs> you know the shit that she has dealt with. There was the the um, volcano explosion. There was the COVID pandemic. There was the largest mass shooting in New Zealand history. You know the, the economic slump, international troubles, like. The shit that she's dealt with in five and a half years, it would be enough to exhaust just about anyone. Um, yeah. So there was a, 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 a definite sense of sadness, I think, amongst those who did admire her, um, that she had chosen to to step down. Well, I'm sure she'll have a much happier life. <laughs> I'm absolutely <laughs> sure that she will. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, yeah, it, it, it has been a bit worrying to see the way that, that that kind of conspiracy thinking has even arrived here. It's, it's yeah, I don't know what it portends about the future. And little old 
NZ. Yeah. Now you have right, some so, some myths you need to yeah. get off the chest. <clears throat> yeah, we need to we need to bring this up a notch before we bring it back down. Um, so let's have a few Mikey Mikey. What is this segment called? Michael's myth. <laughs> Michael's myths, but it's also our it's our myths, Nick. It's oh, myths. thank you. Yeah. You've been very nice to me today. I appreciate it. You're sick. Play the jing. Michael's I've got I've got like approximately eighty three. Well, I I have no myths immediately prepared, so I'm ready to just sit back, relax, and you can take me on a miffy little journey. All right, I'll I'll miff you right up, big boy. All right, um, I'm 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 gonna I'm just gonna select a few from my notes. Uh huh. Um, do you want me to be the myth judicator and 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 you know? Do you want to do you want to hear an like? Because I would argue that your pizza box recycling story is also a myth. Okay, you're leaving that in? I'm leaving that in. All right. All right. Oh, wait. I oh, know it was the other boring story I told. The other... <laughs> yeah, that one might not make it. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, well, look, we don't need to make this a competition. I never intended this to no, be no, a competition. No, no. Yeah. Don't need to characterize them as major myths or mini myths or whatever you call them. Okay. Um, I, okay guess, so... I guess I'm asking if I need to engage at all. Or you, you just want to let loose. You can. I would like you to engage. It'd be better. Okay. I think if you did. Um. First. First one is. It's. It's kind of an obvious one, but nice to eat me. Nice to e meet you. Um. I'm still getting emails, saying <laughs> nice to e meet you. Uh-huh. And I, I cannot. I cannot do this anymore. I think. I think. <laughs> I think we're done. I think this is. This is a 2020 thing. When you say nice to e-meet you in an email, I think you're an idiot. I, I think you are it's so out of touch with society and I don't respect it. I don't like it. I think I, it also reminds me of COVID. When you say well, nice to e-meet you. hold on. This definitely predated COVID. Does it? A hundred percent. People have been doing this for years. I, uh, You're probably right I, that there was a spike in usage. I, I, I will, I will accept that that possibly has those associations with you. But here, here's the thing: what would, what would your preference be? No, nice, just, just classic, nice to meet you. Here's what I do: I just say nice to meet you. Okay. Don't you and feel I'm like I'm constantly sending these emails in my job, uh-huh. and I'm constantly meeting people over email, uh-huh. and I'm not putting the e hyphen first. Uh-huh. I'm not doing that. You know why? Because I'm up to date with what society yeah. expects. I mean, if you are going to go for e hyphen e meet you, then you should really be still going e hyphen for email. You know, like there was an era where the e hyphen existed, and I can't mm-hmm. think of another instance now where that has any usage in this day and age. To me, I I I think it's I I just imagine that you are. A little bit older, I think. Like that's the only saving grace that I can offer. If I see a nice to e meet you, it's that like okay, you don't you don't know, 
you don't know what's going on. And that's and that's fine, but also I'm seeing young people do it, and I know mm-hmm. that they're young, and they're sending me, "No, hey, Michael, nice to e meet you." And I'm thinking, "No, it's not nice to e meet you. It's not <laughs> nice to e meet you." Okay, okay, let me let me throw some other internet lingo past you, and I just want a, a, a thumbs up, thumbs down. You know, um, uh, are yours sincerely? What's your what's your what's your sign off? Sign off. Great question. Great question. I do I, I do a cheers uh, probably ninety percent of the time, uh-huh. and I do a, cheers comma uh, space space Michael. Yes, yep. Uh, or I'll do a, a thanks. Uh-huh. Uh, thanks. Or if full I'm being stop. No, no, no. I would never do a full stop. I do a thanks thanks comma, comma space yeah. Michael. Uh-huh. Or if I'm feeling real passag, uh-huh. as you uh, as you uh-huh. say, I'll say I'll say I'll do a much appreciated. Oh, okay. but that's when I'm turning shit up to uh, okay. to a nine. You know, I I, you know I will mean? I would say I'm a seventy percent cheers, maybe sixty percent cheers, twenty percent thanks, and then twenty percent a warm regards. Mm. Like when when it's a warm little bit more formal. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I like a warm regards or a cold. Call. I also yeah, a cold call. Like when when I'm emailing someone for the first time, you oh, go right. with a warm regards, where it's like a little bit like. Okay, we have we haven't got this relationship set up yet. Yeah, what what I'd love to what I'd love to start doing, and it, um, it's going to take a, a little bit of, of work and a bit of therapy, I think, probably. <laughs> but I'd love to just sign off without any kind of is it is that a salutation? Just to call back that, yeah, is that uh, a sign? Whatever what that's call called, them? yeah. I'd love to just sign off M M. There there is someone in my emails who's a K. And a couple of emojis, and I don't know what do you what's your stance on emojis and emails? I think it can be of use, they, but it has to be sparing. I think they do, and I think it needs to be for clarity. So it's not just to litter it in there for fun. It's like okay, this could be read in a certain tone, and I need to make sure it's not misread. So there's there's one emoji here to sort that out. Yeah, I I totally agree. I I I, I work in like a scientific medical uh, scenario and I constantly feeling myself wanting to in, in put emojis into my emails uh-huh. just because I'm, I'm always asking things of people and I hate asking things of people uh-huh. and I want to soften it, but I'm also dealing with scientists most of the time and they are <laughs> not emoji people historically. <laughs> <laughs> famously not emoji people scientists. famously yeah um and pro- they probably disrespect uh emojis um just moving on quickly because I'll, I'll yeah we got stuff i'll move yeah. we got stuff uh this one's a bit of a two-parter okay um coles mm-hmm. supermarket mm-hmm. first of all have things have things <laughs> okay you feel you, like you go there too much and they don't there is never anything there okay there's never anything that i want Coles is a budget in, supermarket this is sort of what um, you get right I, it's it's a leading supermarket i don't know like is it budget it is it's the cheaper one right it's 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 less prestigious than a woolworths or or it's something more that. prestigious it's, than an aldi but aldi's got its weird factor aldi's like Yes, weird, it's cheap, yeah. but you might also get a like a lawnmower or something, you know. Like it's got yes. another identity. Coles's <laughs> only brand is 
our prices are cheaper. Sure. And and this is specific to the Coles, which is down the street, which I realize is a very niche myth. <laughs> uh, but my the Coles that is right around the corner from my house never has anything. Like their 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 shelves are bare. They are they 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 don't they don't have nothing. Are they struggling? Because a bare shelf is often a we don't have the liquidity and the turnover to be able to keep buying things and keep things on the shelf. If that's the case, get it together. It's a bit of a vicious you're a cycle. supermarket. Your your purpose is to have stuff, and you don't got stuff. Yeah, right so now you're you just doing? a market. Who are you? I want to go in there and say, let's talk about your identity. I have as to, a supermarket. I have to imagine that if they had more money, there would be more things, right? Because you can hire more people and and buy more stock, and then the shelves are full. But here's the trap. If you don't have the money to do that, then people go there like you and discover they can't buy things there. And so they stop going there. So they don't get the money. So you can't stock the shit like a vicious, vicious cycle. Sure. Well, it's a very popular supermarket and a very busy street. So I'm, I don't know what's going on. But here's the other part, which is a little bit conflicting on this, is that super, the supermarket shelf stackers are always where i want to look always <laughs> wherever i i go in looking for some pasta they're in front of the and pasta. they are they're right in front of the pasta i go in looking for a little tub of protein yogurt because you know your boy likes to t- stay lean yeah they're right in the middle of the yogurt section i can't even see what's going on i do a lap i go okay you're going to be there. I'm giving you like some vibes that I need to look. They don't give a shit. They've got a job to do. Yeah. First of all, the fucking shelves are all empty. Exactly. So you need the shit. You need the stackers. So I realize this is kind of negates itself, but then I do a lap. I'll, I'll go to the frozen berries section. I'll go to the, uh, I'll go to the, uh, the rice section. Cause I'm always buying rice, Nick, you know, I love rice. <laughs> and then I'll come back to the yogurt section. Once I've gotten all my other stuff, and they're still there. I mean, get it to get like, do it, do it, do it when you close. Stack the shelves when you close. They, of course they are. I've, it, to know, me, man. you know, the context you've now painted is that this is a really busy fucking supermarket. It's a very busy supermarket. And they probably literally they just can't keep things on the shelves. You need to go Hire at a different time. Hire what time are you going to the supermarket? I go to different times. I, go, I love going to the supermarket. It's one of <laughs> my favorite pastimes. We have established. I love going to the supermarket. Yeah. And I'll go there. I'll go, I'll go at 8 p.m. I'll go at 7.35 a.m. I don't give yeah. a shit. I go when I want. I go when I feel like. <laughs> I'm a man. I've, no one can tell me when I go when, when I'm go. bored. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll give you one more myth, please. Oh, okay. How about this? Maybe one you can relate to. Uh-huh. People. <laughs> following? Uh, so far, yeah. <laughs> People who don't wear headphones at gyms. Oh, what are Big they doing? Peeve. Big peeve. They're going. They're going. They're flying solo. They're Wait, more off the phone? Free... No, no, no. They they're just not doing anything. Now, the reason why this is a big myth for me is that everyone. It's kind of understood that when you go to a gym, everyone's probably going to be on their 
their own kind of headphone thing. Yeah. So you're not listening to anyone else. Yeah. Now, the way that my brain works is that, and it's because of the issues that were created wait, wait, by wait, my wait, parents. Wait, sorry. Pause, rewind. Did you say that the, everyone has an understanding that they're wearing headphones, so they're not listening to everyone else? Is that what you just yes. said? What? Yes. I, I, that's okay. I don't think that's a mutual understanding. What, what is there to listen to? Groaning. Now, this is this is where this is where my childhood fucked me up. Where noise was such a big issue in the house. We couldn't we would watch Groaning. a movie as a family and if we rustled on the couch, it would be like we'd be yelled at. Noise was a big thing in my family and you know, if you made if you chewed loudly, you'd get yelled at. Or if we if you um I don't know, if you talked, if you whispered while someone was watching at something, you'd get yelled at, right? So I had this hypersensitivity to noise, but not even necessarily me listening to that noise. It's me being aware of my own noise that I'm making. And when I'm working out, I want to like be free. And when someone's not wearing headphones, I feel like I'm imposing on them, which is selfish of them. I shouldn't <laughs> feel like that. You're making me focusing Aware on my of the sounds own that I'm making. noise, and I don't want to feel like that. I want to be free. I want to be, be a free, free willy. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be and doing that at the gym either. <laughs> I should stop getting my dick out at yeah. the gym. And that's probably why there's all that whispering. <laughs> there's a lot of gasping and is and moaning. It? Yeah. But I don't know. It, it, it's been happening a lot lately, and I, I just think it's a little bit selfish. Like we should just all be locked into our own, you know, our own bubble when we're out. Where we're clearly at a place that involves making noise, and I feel self-conscious. I feel self-conscious when you're not wearing headphones at the gym. I and think so. I think everyone should just wear them. I think in a segment famous for it. This is the least relatable thing that you've ever said. Is it? Yes. I thought. I, I, I thought. This, I thought it'd this be, is um, ringing unanimous. So much as a you problem, and so little as an anyone else problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've hit new peaks of insularity. I, I'm. I'm impressed. I'm appreciative. I think no one else in the fucking world is going to have any way really? to connect with this story. Oh, please the call idea, in if you do. The idea that. It's offensive that other people are not wearing headphones because then you'll be aware that you're making noise that they can hear is <laughs> such a convoluted thing to have a problem with. I don't know. I don't know anyone in the same boat as you. But <laughs> look, I hope you get the help you need. And um, if anyone out there also agrees, please um, chime in. Uh, I try to silence myself, but it's very hard to try and lift a heavy weight I, I here's your challenge for next week go to the gym and just be free just make a noise just you know do your do your squats do your bench press or whatever and let that noise out and see how you feel come back and report uh, i don't know if i can do it okay. i don't know if i can do it i'm gonna go have a nap okay yes yes you do that you sleep i'll i'll um, i'll text casey to tuck you in thank you um and say hi to cody for me as well <laughs> I hope you feel better. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye.